Okay, so let's learn. So we know that uh, since this man of Chorim Beis Amigdash, so we know that outside of Kahanim and Leviim, so we don't know what Sheva we're from. We know there's Tol Shvatim, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yudah, but Lamaisa, we don't know what Sheva we're from. So despite that, but the Tol Shvatim are still in existence, we still have the Tol Shvatim. But with that being said, that there are the Tol Shvatim and every year it's coming from a different Shevet, there are two Shvatim within the Tol Shvatim that are considered to be Kloliistic uh, Shvatim. In other words, every single year, despite the fact that the guy, this particular person might be from Shevet Don or Shevet Yisachar or Shevet Naftali, every year is called a year. It's called a Yehudi. And Yehudi means Yehuda. So it means on some level, there's a certain side of the Nisham of Yid that's coming from that world that's called Yehuda. It's called Yehudi. Bitzat Sheni, there's another side of Nishmas Yisrael, which is coming from a different one of the Shvatim, and that's called Yosef. The Pasuk describes that all of Kalah Yisrael is called She'eris Yosef, the remnant of Yosef Hatzanah. <clears throat> so that means that despite the fact that we all come from individual Shvatim, true, but in a certain sense, every single Jew, the very nature of Nishmas Yisrael is that there are these two sides. You have the side of the Yid that's Yehuda, and the side of the Yid that's Yosef. Now let's investigate that sugi for just a little bit, the difference between Yosef and Yehuda, the conflict that, that exists between those two worlds of Yosef and Yehuda, and therefore it must you know, exist, that conflict, within every single one of us. And maybe we'll see a way to make shalom between the two. So it's like this. Yosef at Tzadik, besides being that person Yosef at Tzadik, what Yosef Tzadik means in Avodah Hashem versus what Yehuda means in Avodah Hashem on the outside, superficially, when you first uh, sort of meet them and meet that part of ourselves that's called Yehuda and that's called Yosef, they seem to be very different from each other. Yosef Tzadik is a Tzadik whose focus, whose mission in life is about trying to accomplish what the Avodah Hashem is in, in Golas. That's what Yosef Tzadik is. Yeshua Tzaddik, we know, for example, was the Tzaddik in Mitzrayim. And he, you know, he found himself in Mitzrayim, he embraced the Matzav, he embraced the situation, and he said, listen, this is where I am, this is, what I'm, this is the situation I'm put in, I'm going to do the best I can to uh, accomplish what I can accomplish in Mitzrayim. That's Yeshua Tzaddik. That's Yeshua Tzaddik. And even when the Shvatim come, and we know that the, the Shvatim come and eventually make their way to Yosef, so Yeshua Tzaddik, Yeshua Tzaddik tells them, you know, Elkim Shlachani Aleichem, the Rabbani Shalom sent me to Mitzrayim in order to prepare you that you should be able to survive in Mitzrayim. Yosef Tzaddik means that side of the Neshama that finds itself in Galas and embraces, embraces that mission and that Avaida, that Indian that's called being in Galas. And there's a lot to accomplish in Galas, and that's what Yosef Tzaddik means. Mitzad Sheni, Mitzad Sheni, who's Yehuda? Yehuda is the place of Malchus, is the, is the throne of Malchus. Yehuda is the, is the Shevet of Malchus. Whereas Yosef HaTzadik is the Indian of the Avaida of Golas and, ex- and accepting the Matzav of Golas and doing the best you can within Golas and seeing it, not, you can't say it as Lechatchila, but this is the situation and, and I'm not going to try to uh, bemoan my lot every single day. This is the Matzav and that's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to just embrace it. That's Yosef. Yehud, on the other hand, is that part of the neshama that cannot stand Golas. Cannot stand Golas. It's not, within the nature of Yehud, Yehud is not a shevet. It's not a, a, an aspect that's relatable to Golas. Yehud means malchus, it means gula. It's unrelatable to Golas. 
So these two worlds of Yosef versus Yehuda, these two worlds are very different from each other. So for example, it's well known in Chazal, there's such an idea that even in Geula, there's such a thing that's called Meshech ben Yosef versus Meshech ben David. Meshech ben Yosef, even in the cryptic statements of Chazal, when, when he's spoken about this personality, that's called Meshech ben Yosef. It's all about fighting the wars of the Jewish people in Galas. That's what Yosef Tzadik means. Whereas Yehuda, Meshech ben David, means a complete, a complete rejection of Gaulus and, 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 uh, and, and a complete focus on getting oneself to that place that's called Gula. And so these two sides of Avaid of, Hashem, Yosef, the Avaid of Gaulus, Yehuda, the Indian of, of finding oneself in Gula, of getting to Gula, if those two worlds find themselves within every single one of us, and so that this creates um, sort of this... Uh, this struggle, this um, conflict within the neshama of a Jew of how do I how do I perceive my avodas Hashem bechlal? Is my avodas Hashem to embrace the matzav that I'm in right now as difficult as it might be? Is that the avodah of Golis and to embrace it? That's the yesvat tzaddik. Or am I supposed to reject this and tr- and, and hope and wait and uh, everything is a bit the evidence until I get to that place that's called gula? You know it, that that you know on on a on a, on a on its more, in its most purest sense, it reflects itself in this dynamic of Gullus versus Gula. Is Gullus something that we should embrace? Is Gullus something that we should, that we, that, that we should put our, our kaychas into? Or it's not really where it's supposed to be anyway, so why focus on it? Why, why put all we have into it? Part of our mind should be somewhere else in Gula, you know? And that, that filters its way down even on a human level, right? So, you know, even let's say, you know, before we got to, to Vail, Colorado, right? So even when we're in New York or wherever we're from, you know, there's a part of us that's, you know, okay, we're supposed to be here, but there's a part of us that's like looking towards vacation. And then when you're in vacation, there's a part of you that's like looking back, you know, or looking towards, you know, getting back into real life. And so this, this, uh, this conflict, this tug of war between the part of you that's, okay, the, the reality, as difficult as it might be, as gullistic as it might be, but this is the avoida. And that's what we have to do, the Yesvet Tzaddik, versus the, versus the part of us that's more dream-oriented to, uh, to uh, want to project themselves and project him or herself in that better place, in that gula place. That's the Yehuda. It's a conflict. And so we have to bring shalom between the two. That's why, like I mentioned last night, the whole tukufa that we're in of Shiva de Nechemta is about trying to make peace with this. We're still in Gullus, but at least to be makavotan chumen, to receive some comfort. And so the comfort that we need to receive during this time, you know, is part of that the ability to receive comfort is to try to figure out a way to make shalom between these two parts of, of who we are, the part of ourselves that sees Gullus as the right now, and wants to be all in on it, and the part of ourselves that sees this as an absolute b'diavid, we should not be here, and we have to just be in Geula, and looks at the matzav right now as something that's, uh, uh, that's unbecoming of a Jew, and unbecoming of Vaidis Hashem. And so it's impossible to be makabal nechama, and to really be at peace within oneself, unless we figure out a way to make shalom between these two parts of who we are. How do we make peace of uh, the part of ourselves that, that wants to be, that, that embraces Gaulus and the part of ourselves that doesn't want to embrace Gaulus at all? Yosef and Yehuda. All right, so there's a number of ways how to go about doing this. So tonight, for just a few minutes, we'll, we'll go with a certain approach. You know, the, the Rabbanu Shalom gave us a matana. Every mitzvah the Rabbanu Shalom gives us, it comes with certain schoolas and certain brachas that come along with it. 
And so there's one mitzvah in particular that not only is the mitzvah itself that the Rabbanu Shalom gave us an unbelievable Indian, unbelievable light, but it brings an, a, a very big schos and a big school and a big kayach of shalom, of making peace. And so when we talk about this conflict, this machlaikas, which goes back all the way to Yosef and Yehuda, and it manifests itself on all different levels to each individual Jew, creating this inner conflict between the Yosef HaTzadik within us and the Yehuda within us. So the mitzvah that's, that the Rav Hashem gave us as matana to bring shalom to all levels is going to be needed to bring shalom between these two parts of who we are. What is the mitzvah that is connected to the Indian of shalom? So it's the mitzvah that we, that we uh, experience every week, and that's Shabbos. Right? Shabbos is always connected to shalom. Right? How does Sephardim greet each other on Shabbos? Shabbat shalom. The Rizal said from even for Ashkenazim, the Rizal said that the first thing you should say when you come into your home Friday night, even if you're just muttering under your breath, no one's there. Shabbat Shalom or Shabbat Shalom, whatever you, however you pronounce it. Shabbos and peace. For example, uh, you know, the nearest of Shabbos, that's the first thing we do. It's the first thing women do. It's Kabul Shabbos. The whole Indian of Shabbos candles is Shalom bias. The, you know, the, the first thing we say by the Sudha, even before anything, is Shalom Aleichem, right? That's how we change the brach of Ashkivenu. Shabbos is connected with Shalom. So that Indian of Shabbos, not only is it a Gavaldi Matana by itself, it's Matana Taiva, the Rabbana Shalom is a gift that he gave to us, but it brings with a brach of Shalom. And so if the Iker Machlaikas that exists within the universe and within Avaidis Hashem Bechlal is this Machlaikas of is Golis Lechatchila, or are we supposed to embrace it, or should our minds be elsewhere? How should we orient ourselves towards the Hashem? That's the machlekes within the neshama. So Shabbos must bring shalom to that. Shabbos, Shabbos brings peace to that. And Shabbos, therefore, must give a way to satisfy both the Yosef and both the Yehuda. And the truth is, Shabbos has that quality. For example, Shabbos is a day where we see a very strong light of Yosef and also a very strong light of Yehuda. So, for example, uh, every single day we, do, we, we dive in three times a day, Shachas Mechamayrev. Shabbos, something special takes place, and there's a new tefillah that's added that's called Musaf. Now, the word Musaf comes from the word Yosef, which means to add. Now, obviously, on a simple level, it's called Musaf because it's literally an added tefillah. But the Mepharshim asked the question, you know, all the tefillahs we know, and the Gemara Brachas discusses this, that they were organized, they were instituted corresponding to Karbonis or corresponding to the Ovis Sektation. So if you go, let's assume, according to that opinion, that it corresponds to the Ovis, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So what's most of them? Yeah, there's only three of us. So the answer is, the Rishon already pointed this out, that Musaf is connected Yosef. And Yosef is already a Shevet that has an Av quality, right? Because Menashe and Ephraim comes from Yosef. So on some level, ya- Yaakov and Yosef are connected. Eilat told us Yaakov, Yosef. So Shachar, Smicha, Meir, the Avis. And Musaf is Yosef Tzadik. So you see already that Shabbos is shining with the light of Yosef Tzadik. The whole Indian of Tfilas Musaf which is what's so special and unique to Shabbos, is connected to Yosef. But what's amazing is, is that the way we bring Yosef HaTzadik into Shabbos through Tfilas Musaf is Be'etzem in Indian that's more Yehudadik. Because we know that Yosef HaTzadik, his personal relationship and his personal place in the Shvatim is in terms of Torah learning. Right? Yosef HaTzadik was Ben Zakunim. He's the, the son of Yaakovina's old age, but we know that the Targum Unkelis, for example, says, Ben Zakunim means Bar Chakim, that Yosef Tzadik was the one that Yaakovina taught Torah to. Yehuda, however, is always connected to the world of Davin. 
Yehuda's, his name is called Yehuda. Why? Because upon my Hashem, now I'll thank Hashem. Now I'll be able to daven. Daven, tefillah is haidah, primarily. Daven HaMelech comes from Yehuda. His name is Mir Yisrael. This is the Baal tefillah of, of Knesset Yisrael. That's Daven HaMelech. That's, that's the Malchus of Yehuda. It's the Malchus of tefillah. So it's so interesting. So on Shabbos, that we're bringing the world of Yisrael Tzadik into Shabbos and highlighting him. With Tfilas Musaf, it's Tfilas Musaf. So to connect to Yisrael Tzadik and Shabbos, we don't just add another uh, Seder of Limud. It's adding another Tfilah. And so Shabbos itself is bringing these two worlds together of Yosef and Yehuda. Because again, that's what Shabbos is. So Shabbos is that peace, that Shabbos is the gift that brings peace to this Iker Machlekes between Yosef and Yehuda. Okay, so how does Shabbos do that? So what could we see from Shabbos to somehow make Sholem between these two worlds of Yosef and Yudah within ourselves and to make Sholem between the Avoid, between Avoidus Hashem and Golas while at the same time having our mind's eye somewhere else that's called Geula. Okay, so it's like this. Torah is comprised of two parts. This is a little bit of a, a moment of just introduction before we begin to explain. Torah is comprised of two parts. There's Halacha, and then there's Pneumius Torah, there's the soul of Torah. And we know it's like any other, it's like any human being, the Rabbanishal made the world in such a way where if you want to have contact, if you want to have interaction with an neshama, it doesn't work like that. You, have to inter- you want to interact with an neshama, but it has to come through interaction from the guf. And that's the truth with all people, right? If I'm hugging you, if I talk to you, I'm not interested in just the body. What I'm really trying to connect to is the neshama. Just the neshama is ethereal, the neshama is... Uh, you know, it's uh, something that you can't that you can't uh, really interact with in a real in a in a tangible way. So you have a guf, and the guf is a way to to contact the neshama. Just as the Rebbeinu made that in dynamics of people, that the real thing that I want to hear and I want to engage in is the neshama, but I can't do that unless it's through the body. So too it is with Torah. Every single mitzvah and every single aspect of Yiddishkeit has a body to it, and that's called halacha. But the body is also infused with the neshama. It's the spiritual essence of what Yiddishkeit is, of what that mitzvah is. And in order to interact with that spiritual essence of that mitzvah and the light of that mitzvah, it has to come through the body. And so this is what we're going to try to do for the next few minutes. Let's take a particular aspect of Hilcha Shabbos. We'll study the body of it. And then we'll try to hear the neshama coming from that particular body. And maybe from there we'll be able to see what the peace that Shabbos brings to this machlag is between Yosef and Yud. <coughs> okay, a little bit introduction before we get into this particular aspect of Hilchah Shabbos. So it's like this. The Allah is, now this is probably familiar to all of you, but, you know, for this, you know, for, uh, for argument's sake, let's, let's, let's start with basics. If I have a farm in Eretz Yisrael, yeah, I have a farm in Eretz Yisrael, I'm growing... I have a vineyard, let's say. I'm growing grapes, chulu, whatever. You know, whatever the fruit, whatever the, the you know, wheat, barley, whatever it is. So loch is, let's say, even bizman is at different levels, but let's say, bizman shebeis amigdash ayakai. Loch is, if I have a farm and so on, then in order for me to be allowed to eat the food, I have to make sure that trumas and meisers are taken off, yeah? It's a loch. And if, God forbid, if a person eats without trumas and meisers being taken off, it's tevel. The food is mam's trave. It's a big aver. It's a big aver. But here's the Allah. The Allah is, it's a Mishnah Mesechah's Maestris. The Mishnah says that, the, that there is one exception. There is a, a, a way of eating food even before Trumas and Maestris was taken off, and it's mutter. And that is if it's what's called Achilles Arai. 
Chilas Arai. What is, what's the example of a Chilas Arai? Uh, happenstance, a, a, a non-chush of eating. The, the eating, you're eating something, you're, you're, you're munching on it, you happen to be passing by and you put something in your mouth. It's not a chush of a maisa achila. It's a transient happenstance maisa achila, achila sarai, and that's motor. The example the Mishnah gives, and this is the halacha, is that, uh, you know, if the food is still out in the field and it hasn't been brought in and you're passing by and you happen to put some, you know, a grape in your mouth, that's achila sarai, it's not chayv and shumas and and that will be permitted. That's the halacha. But here's the Chiddush. The Mishnah tells us that that's only true during the six days of the week. The Lush in the Mishnah is Shabbos Kaivas Lamaiser. Anything a person eats on Shabbos automatically is more chashiv. And the Rishonim explained, Rashi, the Rishonim explained because we now have this mitzvah that's called Oinik Shabbos. And so now when you're just passing by and putting a grape in your mouth, that's not a grape. This is a mitzvah of Oinik Shabbos. So all of a sudden that happenstance, transient, non chashiv act of putting a grape in your mouth. On Tuesday, becomes the chosh of Indian on Shabbos afternoon. So says the Mishnah, Shabbos is kaivas lemaiser. Whatever, whatever you would think is achilas arai during the six days of the week, on Shabbos becomes achilas keva, and you have to therefore take off trumas and maisers beforehand. That's Allah. That's the mission of maisers. Now the Gemara Psachim, the Gemara Psachim in a couple of places, the Gemara Psachim extends that to more relevant halachas that are for us. The Gemara says in Psachim, Amarav, just as Shabbos makes that act of eating more chashiv, that you have to take off chumas and maises before you put it in your mouth on Shabbos, kach says Rav, so too, it does the same thing for Kiddush. Meaning what? We know the halach is yinali eat before Kiddush. But what does it mean to eat before Kiddush? So you would think eating means chashiv. Sit down to a meal. That you can't do before Kiddush. Says Rav, no, no, no. Eating before Kiddush means anything. You can't eat anything before Kiddush. Why? Because any, eating anything is more chashav on Shabbos. Just as, 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 as this halacha of Shabbos makes the eating of arai, uh, it, can, it makes it more chashav, that what? That you have to take of Shumas and Maisis beforehand. So too, it makes the eating of Shabbos, the eating of Shabbos is more chashav, that you can't eat before Kiddush. The place can extend that further to a relevant halacha, also Lagabi Kiddush, that halacha is, you're not allowed to eat before Kiddush, but the Allah is also that when you make Kiddush, in order for the Kiddush to stick, it has to be right before a Suda, right? Ain't Kiddush Ella B'malkim Suda. Kiddush has to be in conjunction and in context of a Suda. But what's considered a Suda? So the Paiskim say, well, okay, so we see the Salacha, that when it comes to Shabbos, it doesn't mean that you have to mamish have a whole meal. You have mezainus, you have something small, which usually will be considered not so chashev and not, so, uh, not, so, not of such great significance. But Shabbos makes it significant. So this is the halacha, that Shabbos takes something which during the six days of the week was uh, non-chashev achila, and Shabbos makes it chashev. For meiser purposes, for kiddush purposes, that's halacha that's psuka, that's for sure. Okay. But now we have a chiddush. The Allah is, again, let's, let's, six days of the week, yeah? So we all know, if I want to go up, upstairs, uh, there's plenty of mezainas, yeah? So you take a ragalach, and you want to eat a ragalach. What's the bracha on a ragalach? It's mezainas, yeah? What's the bracha acharin on ragalach? Alamechia. Now the halach is, and this is, this is true, maybe it's kedai for some people to, upstairs to know this, that, that that's only true when you have what's considered a normal amount of eating ragalach, one or two, whatever it is. The luck is if a person eats something that's mezainus, and it's, and it's only mezainus technically, but you eat the quantity of that amount of mezainus, that's the normal amount of an entire meal, 
then all of a sudden it's not Mizoinus anymore, it's Hamoitzi, and it's not al it's benching. It's Allah. So there's a Chiddush that we have from the Marach or Zerua. The Zerua is one of the Rishayinim, from uh, Ashkenaz, you know, and his son, Reb Chaim, the Marach or Zerua. So the Marach or Zerua says a Chiddush, and it's true for Sefer Nezirah. Allah says this. He says like this. He says this, this concept, so again, we have this idea that something that's Mizoinus, when you have enough of it during the six days of the week, it becomes Hamoitzi. Well, says the Marach Arzeruah, well, we just saw that Shabbos takes something that by itself is not Chashev and makes it Chashev. For Meiser purposes, it makes it Chashev that you can't eat it without Shumas and Meisers. For Kiddush purposes, it makes it Chashev that you can't eat even a little before Kiddush. And it makes it Chashev that even a little bit makes the Kiddush stick. Says the Marach Arzeruah, therefore, Halach Lamaisa, any little bit of Mezoinus that a person eats on Shabbos, Shabbos makes it Chashev. And when Shabbos makes it chashev, then what happens? It's not Mazayinus anymore, it's on Maitzi. Says the Marachar Zerul Achlomaisa, there's no Mazayinus on Shabbos. Anything that you eat on Shabbos that's Mazayinus, it's on Maitzi automatically. That's the oh, 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 very good, very good. Says the Marachar Zerul. So, no, we don't, we don't, we don't pass like that, right? No, 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 most people have never heard of such a thing. So why not? Okay, so the Chidah brings us down in Berke Yosef, and there's a number of chuvas, Guinness uh, Vradim, other chuvas that talk about this Marach Arzeruah, and the issue that they bring to, to say why we don't paskin like that, and a little bit of an issue with the logic of the Marach Arzeruah, is this point, which is basically the following. There's two, there's, two, uh, there's two algorithms, I guess you can say, to define something as chashev. You could talk about something's chashev mitzad its quality, and you could talk about something as chashev mitzad its quantity. So, it's true. The Mishnah says in Maestras that you pop one grape in your mouth during the sixth of the week, it's not chashev. Shabbos, it's chashev. But tain is the chidah and these achreinim, but that's, what, what does that mean? It means that Shabbos comes and takes something which by, its, by itself is not chashev and says, no, no, no. The, the, in, in quality, this has a chashivus because of its quality. But, but say the achreinim, but now you're talking about, when you're talking about mezanis versus amaitzi, that's not a chashivus of of, of, quant, of quality, that's talking about something else. That you need to, in order for Ragalach to become so chashiv that it's hamaitzi, it's a question of quantity. So, Taina the Chida and these Achreinim, where did we see such a thing that Shabbos takes something and, and, and gives it a significance as if it had a certain quantity to it? Mainly, you tell me that something had a lack of chashivas and Shabbos comes and makes it chashiv by itself, but it's not going to make it as if I ate a whole, uh, a whole bowl full of ragalach. It's still a question of, quant- of quality. But now when you're talking about Mazanis versus Hamaitzi, which is a question of, qu- of quantity, Mechatesi Shabbos does that. The Marachar is taking a leap. And he's saying, well listen, just like Shabbos turns that act of eating, a one single grape, which until now was viewed as an insignificant act, but now it's a chash of the act, the Marachar Zerul says, but now Sh- Shabbos does something else. Shabbos also takes that one rogalach and makes it, makes, it, makes it as chashav as if it was an entire plate of rogalach. And that's the Marachar Zerul's point. But says the Chidah, Mechtar, we say that. Shabbos gives some, something, uh, a certain chashivas, but to say, but, but things that need a benchmark in terms of quantity, Shabbos won't necessarily do that, just automatically on its own. And this is why we don't pass like the Marachar Zerul. But, even though we don't pass like Marach or Zeruah, and certainly that's not the minic to do such a thing, but we know that there's always, there's always a principle of Elu Ve'el Der Lekim Chayim. 
that every single shita is expressing some truth. Not only is every single shita and Torah expressing a truth, I'll tell you something interesting, we find this in the Svarmak that sometimes it's davka the das yachid. Davka is the, it's the shita that we don't go with, that's the minority opinion, that sometimes it's revealing a very, very deep truth, and the reason why we don't paskin like him is because the world's not holding by such a place to really embrace that truth. The das yachid is sometimes the das of the yichidah shalolam. So sometimes it's the deepest shitas to be and just we don't, we're not on the level to, to live with it. So let's understand the pnimis of what's going on here. What the Marach HaZeru is telling us, and we'll have to translate this in Avedis Hashem and the Nisham of it in a moment. But what the Marach HaZeru is telling us is, is that what in, during the six days of the week, what you're thinking of in terms of quantity, on Shabbos, don't think quantity, think quality. That's what the Marach HaZeru is saying, basically. So when you have one ragalach during the sixth of the week of Zionis, why? Because in order for a ragalach to hit that benchmark of a mitzi, you need quantity. Well, says the Marachar Zerot, that's true for the six days of the week. But when it comes to Shabbos, the, the gears have to switch. We shouldn't be thinking quantity anymore. You should be thinking quality of the act of eating. And in terms of quality, Shabbos makes something qualitatively more chashev. Now, again, the reason we don't paskin like this because we assume, no, no, qu- quantity is still something to, to work with, even on Shabbos. But the Merach Rezeru's point is, quantity is not an Indian of Shabbos. Shabbos is an Indian of quality, not an Indian of quantity. And what is needed in terms of quantity for the six days of the week shifts to a question of quality on Shabbos. But what, okay, so what does this tell us about Shabbos? Okay, fine. So let me ask one basic question, simple. It's a simple question. We'll see if it, if it has a simple answer. What exactly are we doing when we keep Torah mitzvahs? Like what, what, like, what are we doing? Learning, davening, mitzvahs. Like, what, what are we doing? I, I, I know what we're doing, but what's happening while we're doing that? What's Avadis what's, what's Hashem really about? What's it really about? Okay, so, I'll regal achas, here with the following idea. The Rabbanu Shalom made the world in such a way, you know, the first uh, opening couple of Pesukim and Breshis is the Rabbanu Shalom decides to create the world and he makes the world and everything in the beginning is toy It's chaos. Mamish chaos. Everything's all over the place. And the Rabbanu Shalom sees like, this is not a, it's not a mahalach of the year. The Yom Elohim, are fine, ah, oh, it's light. And Vayi'ar, and there is light and everything now is Masud. Everything's Masukan, everything's rectified. It went from chaos to harmony, the first day of creation. So in the Svarim we find that although it's described like that and, and might uh, sound like that, but that is not the way it, it, it... That's not the full story. What's happening is as follows. Every single moment of time, every single moment of time that we find ourselves in is really a moment, a world that's in chaos. You know, when we, when we experience life, we experience that the 501 flows into 502 and 502 is into 503, and it's the same world. It's the same universe at 501 and 502, it's just, now it's 502. But the, the, we know that we say it in Davani every single day, every single day. That really, the entire universe is being recreated every single second. So the way to think about time is more of like, you know, those old cartoon, like the flip books, you know, how old cartoons used to be, where every single page is one individual static page. And there's just, with a subtle difference, one page to another. And the person flips the book, and it's so seamless 
the flipping is so seamless that it feels like just motion like that. Every single moment of time is in truth one entire universe. It's an, it's, its own universe. It's just the Rabbanishim is flipping the, the book so quickly and so seamlessly, it feels like feels like motion like that. It feels like we're just moving within the same universe, one moment to the next. But it's not like that. Every moment, every moment is an entirely new universe. And what is that new universe that we're brought into? The nature of that universe that we're brought into at 501 is Tayyav Avayu, is absolute chaos. And our Avayu at 501 is to what? Is to bring harmony to that moment. To bring harmony to that moment. And then when we bring harmony to that moment, as I'll explain in a moment, in a second, so we bring harmony there, we're then thrown into 502. And then what's 502? Also chaos. And our vayid is to bring harmony to 502. And we do that, and then we're thrown into 503. And the cycle repeats itself. What does it mean, chaos? What does it mean, harmony? So, no, chaos means a situation where the Rabbanishim's presence is not obvious. That's what chaos means. Things are disjointed. The Rabbanishim is echad. Chaos means everything's pulled apart. Every single moment of time, the Rabbanishim puts us in a situation where, there, where, where everything is ultimate. The Rabbanishim is everywhere, and Hashem's light is everywhere. There's sparks of the Rabbanishim's presence underneath the rubble of, of every single construction site we find ourselves in. We're moving from construction site to construction site. And underneath that rubble is, a, is the spark of divinity, is Hashem's presence. And our job in that construction site of 501 is what? Is to rescue that spark, is to bring out that truth, to bring out that, that, that light of the Rabbanu Shalom's presence. That's the Avayda 501. No, how do we do that? A human being couldn't figure that out on his own, how to do such a thing. So Rabbanu Shalom gave us Torah Mitzvahs. And so 501 is custom made. There's, a, there's an Indian of 501 to do something to bring out the Elokus and to bring out the the presence of the Rabbanu Shalom in that universe that's called 501. What is that? Okay, so if a person's davening uh, mincha at 501, then the Avayid is, is mincha. If, a, if an Ani passes you by a 501 asking for a first tzedakah, and you give tzedakah, then that's the Avayid of 501. But it, whatever it is, always different different actions and different experiences for each person. But the Avayid is, at the end of the day, to bring the Rabbanu Shalom out of that chaos, to bring harmony, to bring achtas, to bring yichud to that moment. And then you move to 502. And the cycle repeats itself. This is all true, and there, there's a certain term in the Svarim that we, that, we, that we find to describe this Havayda. And this is what Havayda Hashem is. This is all Havayda Hashem. Every single moment of every single day, this is Havayda. And the term that we use in the Svarim is to be Bayer Taiv from Ra. To be Bayer Taiv from Ra. Good from evil. The Rabbanishim is good. His spark, his truth, his light is good. But it's mixed up in chaos. It's mixed up in Ra. And our Avaid in 501 is to sift through the Ra and to find the spark of good and to bring out that spark and to bring out that truth, to bring the Rabbanishim's presence into 501. How do you do that again? So whatever, whatever Shulchan Aruch tells you to do at 501, that's what you do. But what you're doing is what? Is being bayer at Ra. Is taking, is finding that spark of truth, that spark of divinity within the chaos of 501. And this is what's happening every single moment of every single day. But here's the Shiloh. Bishlama, this is possible during the six days of the week where you're allowed to sift. Sounds like a silly question, but it's not. But Shabbos, we know one of the malachas, Bayer is us on Shabbos. You can't sift on Shabbos. Now that, that Indian of not being able to sift on Shabbos is not just a, a trivial one of the malachas. That's a, that's a defining factor of what Shabbos is. 
whereas Avodah Hashem of the six days of the week is primarily, it, it, it is this Indian of being Bayer Toiv from Ra, of finding sparks of the Ranishon's presence in 501, 502, 503, within the rubble, within the chaos of, of Ra that the Ranishon put us in, Mitchila, and Avodah is to be Bayer Toiv from Ra, but Shabbos Bayer is also. So the question is, so what are we doing on Shabbos? What's the Avodah of Shabbos then? So this is not my question. The Kabbalah asks this question. So, what, so what's Shabbos? Because again, we're also davening on Shabbos. We do mitzvahs on Shabbos. But what's happening? What are we doing? So here's the answer. Whereas during the six days of the week, the Avodah is to sift from Ra and basically to accumulate quantitatively to amass a huge amount of sparks of divine presence, of Mitzutze Kedusha, that are found in all these construction sites that we're constantly moving from. And, the, and to define yourself as a big Ever Hashem in terms of the six days of the week, the Avoid is, how much construction sites have you covered? How many moments of chaos have you been able to sift through and find a core of truth in that moment? That's the question of the six days of the week. It's a question of quantity. Shabbos is a different name. Shabbos is... And it's, and, it's, and it's interesting because we don't feel like this on Shabbos necessarily. But what's happening on Shabbos is, is that we actually, metaphysically speaking, on Shabbos means, what's happening on Shabbos is that we, we revisit all those moments of the six days of the week that have already been rectified, that have already been sifted through. And the spark of Hashem's presence of those moments is now shining from our Avaita during the six days of the week. The Indian of Shabbos is to, we actually are neshamas. We travel back in time to those moments. And what do we do on Shabbos? We're not bayer taif from ra. We're bayer taif from taif. We, we, we deepen our connection to those sparks of divine presence and unleash within them levels of elikos, levels of divine light that until now we were not aware of, uh, of it being even there. See, the Rebbe was infinite. So even if in a moment during the six days of the week, the person daven shachris. So you daven shachris on Sunday. So shachris on Sunday was a construction site. It was a matzav of chaos before shachris. And you come to shachris Sunday morning, and you're able to, Baruch Hashem, redeem that moment. You revealed Hashem's presence in that period of shachris Sunday morning. Gunuk finished. And the Rabbanu was there, it's finished. What's happening on Shabbos by shachris is that the Shabbos of shachris is revisiting every single chakras of the six days of the week, returning to that, what you thought until now was a rectified moment, and revealing that there's a lot more depth to that God that you found on chakras during the six days of the week. There's a lot more taif there. So you're not sifting taif from ra, but you're sifting taif from taif. That's what Shabbos is. So what's happening on Shabbos is, and instead of thinking about Avodah Hashem in terms of quantity, of amassing amassing chakrises and amassing sparks of Kedusha that I've redeemed, that I've discovered, that I've, 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 I've brought the Rabbani Shleilam to the surface of, in 501, 502, 503. And the more, the more moments I can put under my belt and say, oh, I did it. That's the greatness of the six days of the week. Shabbos is what? Shabbos is quality. Shabbos is to go back to those moments and to, and to reveal deeper layers of Elokus that were really contained in those moments. And so what you accomplished on, during the six days of the week in terms of chakras, for example, 
you didn't even realize what was contained in that Shachris. Shabbos comes and unlocks and unleashes the potency and the power that was contained in the Shachris that you daven during the six days of the week. That's what Shabbos is. So this is what the Marachar was revealing to us. What is considered Chashev during the six days of the week in terms of what? In terms of quantity. On Shabbos you have to switch gears. The whole inning of Shabbos is not quantity. The whole of Shabbos is quality. And this is reflecting itself in that halacha of the Marachar Zerua. That whereas during the six days of the week to get Mezaynus up to a Cheshivas of a Maitzi, it's a matter of quantity. Says Marachar Zerua, but that's a Vachadik mindset. Shabbos, only Shabbos is, no, no, no. That w- it, Shabbos, Shabbos says that what already, what, all you need is already there. What you need is already there. What's your avoid of Shabbos? To be mamik in it, to deepen it, to unleash all the power that you didn't even know was contained in what you already have. This is, this is rooted in what we know in Chazal, Misha Tarach Be'er of Shabbos, Yechel Shabbos. We know this, that the only food you could eat on Shabbos is what was prepared before Shabbos. Why is that? That's reflective of what Shabbos is, because Shabbos is nothing new. There's no new territory being conquered on Shabbos. There's no new construction sites that are being worked through on Shabbos. There's no new sparks of divine presence. There's no new sparks of, uh, of, of the Rabbani Shalom's uh, light that's being redeemed on Shabbos. There is, all that's happening on Shabbos is we're going back to those sparks, to those construction sites, to those parts of our Hashem of the six days of the week, which we redeemed, which we brought out of Ra, and now we're unleashing all the kaiches of that taif. That's what's going on. <clears throat> so in other words, the relationship of the six days of the week versus Shabbos means that Shabbos... What Shabbos is, is a sum total of what the six days of the week were. It's just that Shabbos is now unleashing everything that was contained in the six days of the week that we didn't even know we, we accomplished. So a person davens, you know, like I said, the example I was giving, a person davens chakras during the six days of the week, you don't even know what's contained in that. You think, a person knows, okay, sh- davening uh, is keval de gazach, but Shabbos comes and says, Baruch Hashem, now that you've, you've, you've redeemed that Indian that's called chakras, during the six days of the week, Shabbos comes and unleashes its kaiches. And now you, don't even, the, the power of that chakras is now unleashed. It's toif mi toif, not toif mi ra. It's quality versus quantity. Now if this is true from the six days of the week versus Shabbos, so we all know that that relationship on a week level of six days of the week versus Shabbos, if you zoom out on a historical level, that's the same relationship between Golas versus Gula. So everyone asks, during Golas, there's a Yetzahara, there's Nisyanis, there's difficulty, there's Ra. And so what's Avadis? So now we know what Avadis Hashem is. Taif from Ra. Don't listen to the Yetzahara, listen to Yetzahara Taif, do good things, and find good within this crazy world of Ra. But we know when Mashiach comes, what's going to happen? There's no Ra anymore. So then what's the Avadis Hashem? We're still going to be Davin Shachas Mudamayrev. So what's the Avadis then? What are we doing? What are we accomplishing? The answer is the same thing that we're accomplishing every Shabbos. Just as Shabbos is taking the quantity that was amassed during the six days of the week and unleashing its quality, that's what Shabbos does, so so too on a, on a, on a, on a much more historical level, what Geula is, is taking the quantity of Ruchni's power and energy and accomplishment of the ter- times of Gullus and unleashing its power. Where the six days of the week, it's Taiv Mira, Geula, and, and that's what Gullus is, Gul is what? Taiv mi taif. Just as Shabbos is nothing more than 
the only thing that Shabbos can, ha- can deal with is what you bring to it from the six days of the week. And then Shabbos can unleash the potential of that. That's exactly what Gula is. So where is the light of Gula? The light of Gula is contained in every single accomplishment of Golas. Just as where is the light of Shabbos? Well, the light of Shabbos is contained in every single Shachar's Minchamarv that you do during the six days of the week. It's contained within every single Maisa Mitzvah that you do during the six days of the week. It's just that you don't have the ability during the six days of the week, you don't have the luxury to be able to unleash all of its power. That you have to wait for Shabbos. But really, but where is the light of Shabbos? It's in every single moment of, of during the six days of the week. It's just locked up in there. So where is Arish al-Mashiach? Where is the experience of Gula? The part of us that's called Yehuda is only satisfied with thinking with 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 an avodas Hashem that's 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 involved in Arish al-Mashiach. That that's what Yehuda is. We started with this conflict of Yosef versus Yehuda. The side of us that's called Yehuda does not want to deal with Gula. The side of us that's called Yehuda only wants to experience Gula. And the side of us that's called Yosef says, ah, Gula, Gula's a nice dream. Lamaisa, we're in Gulas. So how do you make shalom between the two? The answer is Shabbos. Because Shabbos reveals to us this truth, which is that what is, where, where is Gula? Gula is, is, a, is a tkufa where we're just going to be able to revisit the tkufa of Gulas, unleashing the kaiches that were accomplished in Gulas. So the Yosef at Tzaddik that's saying, I'm just satisfied with Gulas, I don't need Gula. Well, the Yeshva Tzaddik needs to be told, well, guess what? What do you think you're being Isaac in right now? If you, what, what you're being Isaac in is Shachris on Tuesday morning, but you, you, you don't even, the, 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 the full potential of, of, of Shachris Tuesday morning is only going to be unleashed when Mashiach comes. So even to experience the full potential of Shachris Tuesday, you have to want Mashiach. And then the Yehuda side of the neshama that's only dreaming about Kula and is sleeping through Shachris Tuesday morning has to be told, well, guess what? Misha Tarach Be'er Shabbos is Yoichel B'Shabbos. The whole light of Gula is nothing more than what's contained in Shachris on Tuesday. And so this understanding that Shabbos is a transition from what? From quantity to quality. And Shabbos means to revisit all the quantity that's been accomplished in the six days a week to unleash its quality that itself makes shalom between Golas and Gula. It makes shalom between Yosef and Yehuda. Yehuda needs desperately to embrace the avoid of Yosef, and Yosef needs desperately to embrace the avoid of Yehuda, because otherwise each one is missing. Yosef wants the avoid of Golas. You, you, the avoid of Golas is to, to, to unleash all the power of Golas in Gula. And to experience Gula, Gula is, is, is nothing more than revealing the quality of what was contained in the quantity of Golas. Maybe, perhaps, this is why, just this is a, a thought, Maybe, the, you know, everything's Bashkacha Pratis. Why is it that this Indian was revealed by the Marach Arzurua? So, you know, it's well known that uh, the Arzurua himself, the, fa- the father of the Marach Arzurua, so he writes in his introduction, why did he call his Sefer Arzurua? So there's a whole mice over there. Uh, it's all crazy. It's like a Valshantar Deke Maisa, but the whole story by the Tzarishan. He says the whole Maisa, and at the end, he's calling his Sefer Arzurua Tzadik, Arzurua, based on the Pasuk Arzurua Tzadik, Lishle Simcha. And he said, and that, in, the, in Saif Tevis, of that pasuk is Rabbi Akiva, or Zerul Tzadik. It's well known that Rabbi Akiva, Akiva ben Yosef, was a, was an neshama of Mashiach ben Yosef. Or Zerul Tzadik, Tzadik is always a cobra for Yosef. So it's interesting. The Or is the Indian of Mashiach ben Yosef, the Indian of Yosef Tzadik. But we know Bena Kara the child, always reveals an oimik, a quality 
that was contained, that was locked up in the father. And the son of the Arzirua, his name was Chaim. What does it say about the Pasik says, Chazal say, that when Mashiach ben Yosef is going to be killed in battle, Chas Shalom, right? And so the Mashiach ben David, David Melch sees this, and Hashem says, you know, ask whatever you want. It's a Pasik can tell him, ask whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And Chazal say that when he sees Mashiach ben Yosef dying, he says, you know what? I'm only going to ask for life. And Hashem says, Chaim many, I'll give you life. So Chaim is always a code word for what? For Mashiach ben David. And so this is the, the amazing thing. The Marach or Zur, Chaim, who comes from within the world of the Arzarua, is revealing this truth of what? Of unifying Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, of unifying Yosef and Yudah. That guess what? The whole Indian of the unbelievable light of Arshel Mashiach is nothing more than what was contained in, 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 in potential within the world of Yosef Tzadik. So it's Dafka, the son the son Chaim emerging out of Arzul Tzadik to reveal this truth is that all that all that Arishal the entire Indian of of of, of Meshech and David, which is Chaim, is nothing more than just uncovering the secrets that were contained in Arzul Tzadik, the Indian of Yeshua Tzadik, and that's the shalom that we have to make. No, so what does that mean, Halach Lamaisa? So Halach Lamaisa, what it means is that every single listen, what it means as follows. One of the most important milas and meters a person has to have in Golas and Avodah Hashem is Rizas, right? It's Rizas. It's Kaval Gazah. But there is a chasarin in Rizas. There is a chasarin. The Gemara says this in Psachim. Nachman, one of the pieces in the Kutumaran, talks about this, Barichas. There is such, the Gemara says, Alashin Yesh Zariz Viniskar. There's any of Zrizas that you get schar for, it's a Kaval Gazah. The Yesh Zariz Viniskar, but there is an aspect of Zrizas where a person loses. In Gaulus, we have no choice. The whole mindset of Gaulus is running, quantity, running from mitzvah to mitzvah to mitzvah, blot to blot to blot, chesed to chesed to chesed, tefillah to tefillah to tefillah. But there is, a, there is a chesarn in that, because to really fully unlock and unleash the power contained in any particular mitzvah, it needs mesinas, right? It needs patience, it needs time, it needs to, to settle on it. It needs a person being able to sit back and think to himself, you know what, you know, all the tithe that Rabbanu gave me in my life, and all the tithe that I've accomplished in my life, to be mamik in it, and to sort of allow yourself to, to, to sort of um, just cook in the goodness of a Maisa Mitzvah. That's original Mashiach. You understand, the light, Mashiach ben Yosef, the world of Golis, is what? It's just accumulative. How many mitzvahs have I accomplished? And when you're accomplishing one mitzvah, you're already thinking the cheshman of what's going to be with the next one. And Arish al-Mashiach says, yeah, that's true 100%, because ultimately Gula is going to be based on all the quantity that we've accomplished in Gulas. But if you really want to unleash, at least taste a little bit of Arish al-Mashiach, it means sit down once in a while, and maybe we're on vacation, it's, it's good to do that, put the phone down some point tonight or whatever it is, and take five minutes to think about how amazing it is that I'm a from a Yid and I say Kriyishma every day and I believe in God and how amazing is Rav Hashem gave me Matana that I have a family that I have people I care about I have kidneys and things that we that we usually just fa- say thank you on and we move on to the next moment to be mamik in it and that even of being mamik of, of moving of not thinking about quantity and then shifting gears to quality that's Arish Mashiach and that, that shilav, that balance to what? To focus in, in Avodah Hashem in terms of quantity. But at the same time, taking moments to appreciate 
the, the individual mitzvahs that I'm accomplishing during that times of quantity. That's the yich between Yosef and you. That's Arish Mashiach. No, so like uh, like Rishon Zalman said, no, what's the sh- quantity versus quantity? Which one? It's both. It's both. That's 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 some told that's the answer pretty much. So Hashem should help us. We should be zayicha to make shalom within ourselves, to make shalom within Achinah Bnei Yisrael. Should be zayicha to uh, to the shalom of all uh, of all, which is Bivias Galtzedek. Mehar Vimeinu Amen. Oh yeah, Shukayach.